This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. What is up, team? Welcome back to the show. It is Q&A time. Let's get right into it. All right, first question. I've seen your criteria for when to adjust macros on a cut. How do you determine when to increase calories in a build? And what data do you track to determine how the build is going? All right, so it is quite a bit different. I honestly think more different than people realize tracking progress in a building phase versus a cutting phase. And there are very different metrics. So in a fat loss phase, when we're adjusting macros, we're primarily looking at measurements and how body weight is shifting. Um, now, in a building phase, and I would say there, like for most of our clients, the primary metric that we're looking at in a fat loss phase is going to be measurements. Because um, a lot of our clients also for the first time have nutrition training, both dialed in or very much in sync. And again, many people have ever had this before. So a lot of our clients are experiencing a recomp effect, especially at the start, or similarly, even if you are just starting up like this style of training that we are now having you follow, you'll likely be experiencing a lot more inflammation than normal. Um, basically, you'll notice your hella sore and it's likely you're retaining more water. So a lot of times we won't see people lose very much weight at the start of a fat loss phase for the first couple of weeks. Which I, I almost always now even tell people to expect to not lose a, fir- a lot of weight the first couple of weeks, but hey, we'll see measurements shift drastically when clients come off for training and nutrition. Nutrition only clients will typically lose a good amount of weight the first couple of weeks, unless also we're seeing like a big increase in food volume, which, uh, so it's a mixed bag, honestly. But this, this is why we focus so much on measurements during a fat loss phase, because we'll always see those decreasing. And those are the number one thing that we focus on here. Now on the flip side, a building phase is much different because the reality is most clients that we're taking through a building phase aren't going to, for example, see like, oh wow, I added a half inch to my bicep in the last week, right? Um, Especially as you get more intermediate to advanced, which again, the reality is most of the clients that we work with definitely fall in those categories. we see less and less of, you're not going to see these dramatic shifts. So also, well, fat loss is a very quick process. Muscle gain is a very slow process. So we can lose, we can lose like one to two pounds of fat in a week with relative ease. Most of us can, but for someone who's intermediate to advanced, gaining a one to two pounds of muscle to your entire body in a month is very, very good progress. So it's so much harder for us to measure. And the reality is in a building phase, many people won't see like the measurements that we would look at to actually measure like, okay, my muscles are growing or not growing. We just really won't see very many measurement shifts there for the most part. Like it's pretty normal to, okay, from last time I took measurements to this time, Um, measurements are pretty similar all around. Like maybe we see some slight increases, but really that's not what we're focusing on. Really in a building phase, I decrease the frequency of measurements for most clients. And we're primarily just looking to your navel measurements. Are they increasing a lot? Because we know if these are increasing by a good amount, that just indicates that you're gaining a decent amount of fat as well. 
So we're basically just looking for those not to increase too much. From there, what we are looking to see improvements on. Well, as a whole, one, we want hunger to be low. So in here, we're really diving in, into our clients' metric trackers or the metric trackers that our online clients use. So we want hunger to be relatively low. Um, we know that muscle is a very calorically expensive tissue. Basically, it takes a lot of calories for your body to build and it takes a lot of calories for your body to maintain. So if you're sending the signal to your body that calories are scarce, then your body is less likely to prioritize building muscle. So you being hungry a lot, and this is past like, for some people, we just need to look through your food diary and see, okay, you're eating like 70% of your diet is processed foods right now. <laughs> let's make this like, that's probably an exaggeration, but let's make this 80 to 90% whole foods, 10 to 20% flexible, and that should help with hunger. Okay, if hunger is still high, then we're gonna dive into, okay, now we know we likely need to bump calories up a bit if hunger is super high. Um, and also we can look to some individuals just genetically have a higher appetite, but so also like for some people, like my client, Rachel is a good example of this. We almost always have her around 1.5 grams of protein per pound of body weight, even in a building phase. Now, typically we'd have protein around one gram per pound of body weight in a building phase, but in her case, one, she has a very strong protein preference and two, this really is the best way we found to help her keep her hunger low without exceeding the rate of gain that we want. So, and this is part of the individualized aspect of coaching as well, but typically, unless we're seeing just an excessive rate of gain, um, I'll be more aggressive with increasing calories or increasing macros in a building phase if someone's hunger is consistently above a two. Ones and twos we're okay with, but once we're getting closer to three, four, five, absolute, absolutely fours and fives, um, there five being high, one being low, we're going to almost always increase calories unless it's someone that is like, all right, you're already pushing the top end of the rate of gain that we want. But even if like, okay, you're falling in the middle of this rate of gain, which I should have mentioned before. So here, typically we're looking for someone to um, gain 0.25 to 0.5% of body weight per week. And I'll dive into that a little bit deeper in just a second. But even, okay, if we're falling in the middle of this rate again and hunger is super high, I'm gonna bump that up. And also this is more true for like individuals that have just got done with like getting ready for a photo shoot, for example. And we know that they're just not physiologically in a good place to build muscle yet. So often hunger is kind of a signal that like, hey, I need to add a little bit more fat yet to get in an optimal place for my body to actually prioritize building muscle. So we can also look to it like, like my client Dave is someone I think of. We just have like been taking him through this process. Post photo shoot, and he was even towards the upper end of his rate of gain. But we already knew like he was pretty, so he was still pretty close to um, photo shoot condition and hunger was super high. So we were more aggressive like, all right dude, regardless, we're gonna increase this a little bit more until we bring hunger down a bit. So really hunger is a big metric that I look at there. Again, we wanna keep it low. We want to have you gain 0.25 to 0.5% of body weight per week. Now, typically, many individuals want to stay relatively lean. Also, there's a fine line between like, we can try to stay, keep you too lean, and actually just unbeknownst to you, you're spending too much time in a calorie deficit because you're trying to be too conservative with calories. And we actually just spin our wheels. So 
as a listener of this podcast, and if you follow me on social media, you've probably heard me talk about this a lot lately, but in my opinion, because again, muscle muscle gain happens so slowly, fat loss happens so quickly, it's better to be a little bit more aggressive. If you put on a little bit of extra fat, that's okay. Because we know, again, like you can lose fat very, very quickly. But muscle building is very, very slow. And you can't go up and you can't go back in time and make up for months that you've lost spinning your wheels because you were underfueling your body. So it makes sense to be a little bit more aggressive as a whole. But again, we're aiming to gain 0.25 to 0.5% of body weight per week. Now, past that point, um, we really want to look at this as kind of, and really I would look at like every two weeks, I would look at it as like over the course of two weeks, have I hit this desired rate of gain? And honestly, even we could look at like a monthly rate of gain. So because for most individuals, anecdotally, most people in a building phase will see like, okay, all of a sudden I gained two, my weight jumped up two pounds. But if we want on one end, if we freak out and like, okay, we need to decrease macros, we'll often see that drop way back down. So most of the time we will see, and I can't explain exactly why this is, but in it, in experience, this is the most common scenario. Someone will gain a couple pounds at once, and then we'll see weight sit for the next two to three weeks. Um, it's very rare that people just linear, linearly every week see this um, consistent rate of gain, right? Like, okay, I weigh 200 pounds, so we know that we want me gaining a half to one pound per week. And I just consistently gain 0.75 pounds for every week. No, it's pretty typically again, like, okay, I gain two pounds this week, then I don't gain for the next three weeks. And then I gain another pound and a half. Now that said, again, after two weeks, if biofeedback is good, hunger is very low, training performance is good, and you're consistently setting PR so or getting stronger in the gym, then we're less likely to adjust. That said, if all that isn't ideal, and after two weeks you're not hitting the you're not falling within the desired rate of gain, we'll typically adjust up. Now, again, on the flip side, we don't want to be too aggressive. And like if you see yourself, if you see weight jump up dramatically, uh by dramatically, I mean by like a couple pounds at once, don't freak out and adjust we're more patient, we're a lot slower making adjustments in a building phase than we are in a cutting phase. Typically, again, we'll see, um, then it'll kind of sit after that. So for the next couple weeks, so be a little bit more conservative here, making adjustments as well. So past hunger, past how we adjust weight from here, then we're looking for both training performance and recovery ability to be on point. So really, if, and these are other metrics that our clients track in their metric tracker, because we know that when it comes to building, one or the most important factors here are really your ability to perform and your body's ability to fuel recovery, which is basically just a sign of whether you're getting adequate nutrients, macros and micros or not. So if performance isn't good, one or recovery isn't good. First, we want to make sure that your nutrient timing is on point. You're hitting your macro goals, etc. If those are the case, and then also if those are the case, you're probably not going to be falling into the desired rate of gain. So again, we need to increase. And then finally, we're really just looking for um, consistent strength increases. So basically, 
often improving on a set by set basis weekly, which is another thing I've talked about quite a bit on the show here. So basically relative to last week's performance, um, so like set one of this movement this week versus last week, were you able to add a rep or a little bit of lower? Now you won't always be able to do this. And oftentimes like in the last week of a mesocycle for many clients will overreach a little bit, will basically push past your maximum recoverable volume because the next week we're gonna deload. Um, and thus we're kind of overreaching to allow you, but then with the deal, it will fully recover and realize more gains. Um, so there will, you won't always be able to like, okay, every single week I added a rep or added a little bit of load perfectly, but for the most part, we should see consistently small improvements there. So really in a nutshell, that's what we're looking for in a building phase. We want hunger to be low. We want you gain 0.25 to 0.5% of body weight per week. And again, I would spread this out. I always look at it across the course of at least two weeks, but really more like three to four weeks. We want you following within this desired rate of gain. We want training performance and recovery to be good. We want to see strength consistently improving. And then past that point, again, we're more focused on weight than we are on measurements outside of belly measurements and even like progress pictures because the reality is you are going to be adding a little bit of fluff typically here as well, which will kind of cover up the additional gains that you made. So the reality is even like the additional muscle that you put on, you likely won't be able to see until you go through a mini cut or a future fat loss phase. So measurements and progress pictures, we really just don't take as much stock in. We just want to ensure that you're falling in that desired rate of gain. You're performing well, you're getting stronger and the hunger is low. But as far as the building phase goes, that's really what we look at. All right, next question we have is, how do you determine when you need a diet break? I've been dieting for seven weeks, losing 0.5% of body weight per week, but I'm not sure when I need to implement a diet break. All right, first of all, kudos to you. Um, so as far as diet breaks go, typically our clients will take a diet break every six to 12 weeks which does leave a lot of room for variability really as far as and we can almost always see in biofeedback and very commonly really more common like every eight to 12 weeks there will be one week where clients are cruising making great progress making great progress making great progress and all of a sudden we see hunger levels and cravings very much increase motivation and mood decrease and really i would say like week 10 to 11 is almost always when we see this um so that's really and really if we're looking at like biofeedback that we use to determine when clients need diet breaks hunger levels increasing cravings increasing motivation decreasing and mood decreasing are really the biggest signs that we look at as far as determining okay this client probably needs one so again, we'll almost always see all these signs come up within the same week. And that's where I'll have the conversation with clients. Hey, like talk. All right. So let's break it down. Like, how are you feeling? Here's a couple different options. One, we can either push for the next couple of weeks until we hit week 12 and take a diet break. Or two, we can go ahead and implement this right now. Tell me like from, and we'll also look at the client's schedule. So like, for example, okay, we know Christmas is coming up. You want to take a diet break then? Are you okay to push to the week before? Or do you feel like you need to take this sooner rather than later? And if so, like, 
I know you also mentioned you want to take a diet break the week of Christmas. Are you okay like extending this to three weeks instead of two and then trade off of that potentially leading to a little bit slower progress across the course of December? But again, like coaching conversations there. So really, these are the main things we look at. Um, more and more, I have just been pushing clients to take them rather than having the conversation because I'll almost always, unless there's some other factor that you can identify, I would say absolutely if we see two weeks of this, and really this is like, as a coach, this is something that we have to talk through with our clients. Um, and really like for you, this is something you have to feel out for yourself. So, or, or invest in working with a coach. So, um, really here, we can also look to like, are there any other factors that could implement this? So like, okay, maybe you were actually just way below your macro targets this week. And also things were crazy stressful. You had a lot of outside distractions going on and that's what could have accounted for it. Okay. So talk me through how you're feeling. Do you need a diet break? Yes or no. That's the situation where like, no, like honestly, I got all these things sorted out. Here's our action plan that we work through for this coming week to improve things. I think I should be good. I don't want to keep pushing the diet. Okay, cool. We hop back into it. But on the flip side, if it's like, yeah, I can't really explain it. Things just haven't been great. More often than not, I'll find if we're like, okay, so like, let's work through the strategy to change things this coming week. Here's how we'll improve it. More often than not, that just leads to another week of more of the same. And if we try to like, let's say this is happening week eight, week nine, and we're okay, we're going to take the diet break week 12. We just have three to four weeks to go. And so let's push until then and then take a diet break. More often than not, that just ends up with clients spinning their wheels for that entire time frame and more just a repeat, repeat of that same week. So more often than not, than not, I will be proactive with, all right, so from your biofeedback, it's time to take a diet break. Um, would you prefer to implement this now or do you want to wait another week? And really, those are the biggest things that we adjust um diet breaks off of and again every six to 12 weeks typically eight to 12 weeks one to two weeks for most clients i would say almost always a diet break is going to go two weeks really you can go anywhere between um 50 between your current maintenance and your current deficit all the way up to maintenance keep protein the same um i would ideally increase most calories via carbs to replenish your client's muscle or your um, muscle glycogen stores during this time training and make sure during this time, which will lead to better training, um, potentially even building a bit of muscle over the diet break. Then make sure that you're not changing your food choices too drastically during the diet break. That's one mistake people make where like, okay, it's a diet break. So I'm going to eat a lot of all these foods that I've been missing or in much greater quantities. But the thing to realize is like, let's say you're increasing your calories by 500. If you dramatically increase the amount of hyperpalatable, highly processed foods that you're eating versus on the diet, you'll actually be less full than you were on the diet. So eating mostly um, the same foods that you were on the diet is smart just to actually make it maintainable. But in a nutshell, that's how we go about prescribing diet breaks. All right, guys, that is what I have for you for today. As always, thank you for tuning in.